of Michigan sports. Red Wings, Lions, Tigers, Pistons, Michigan, Michigan State, and the list goes on. And you love beer. Love beer. Who doesn't? What if we mixed the two together? This is State of My Sports. We'll talk everything Michigan sports like only we do, and then we'll down our fair share of beer from a local brewery. Grading the beer throughout the episode, so pop a cold one on your end, and we'll get busy on ours. This is the State of My Sports. That's right, this is State of My Sports, and this is episode 177. We're recording live on October 18, 2022. Uh, We were off last week, so we'll touch on the Lions' uh, loss a little bit, but really more look forward um, to what this team's going to look like outside of, after the bye and, and moving forward um, down the stretch of the season. Uh, we want to know uh, who you blame this rough start on and, and just kind of discuss the overall landscape of the Lions, is how frustrating it is, but um, still worth talking about, still worth watching, still for now. Um, we'll see how long that lasts. Uh, Michigan dominated against the top, tw- top 10 Penn State. Uh, Michigan State ended their four-game losing streaks. We'll talk about both of those. Um, which is nice. It's nice to talk about a couple wins. Uh, we'll make some picks against the spread in our betting hero segment. And, of course, we will drink and review some Michigan craft beer. If you're joining us live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or Twitch, let us know what you're sipping on tonight. And let us know your opinion on all, on all of our topics. Um, just be part of the conversation. We'll read them. Um, tell you you're right or wrong. And just be part of the conversation. We just love that. So uh, before we jump in, I did want to give a quick shout-out to our sponsors that help get these, keep this thing rolling. And free for our listeners, the Hops Brewing Company and Cafe is the official brewery of State of My Sports. And BettingHero.com helps us you, us and you get the best promotions available in the sports betting world. I am Sam Walthart. With me today, we got John Dornboss. How you doing, man? Good, Sam. How you doing? I am good. It's just me and you again. Oh, what is that? What is that right there? Oh, Look just that lose, losing the jacket for a second. Oh, I like that shirt, though. Where'd you get that? Uh, this is uh, Tap a Few Bartending Services. Um, they're located kind of out of the... West Michigan community. They were from Coopersville, but a family friend is the owner and co-owner. It's a couple, um, Brett and Karen Meerman. They graduated from Coopersville High School. I've heard of the last name. Yeah. um, Anyway, little business that they have, LLC, a little uh, side side business for themselves. Keeps them awfully busy. Yeah. Um, What what exactly is it? So yeah, they uh, bartend weddings and private events. They're like a a bartending catering service. That's cool. Yeah, they got their own little setup and uh, they do quite well. They're they're quite busy. They yeah, quite the staff working over there to run the weekends. They're not the ones that are always working. Interesting. Um, but they got some good good gigs, and, no, cool. uh, they're and you said it's a family friend, or were you at, like yeah. at a wedding that they were doing, or no? Uh, no. So my cousin married. Uh, it'd be Karen's brother. But okay. Anyway, um, yeah, they. I've been to a couple of their weddings hey. that they bartended. They've bartended for family members. Okay. Um, in recent years at different events. So cool. Yeah, yeah good deal. So well, yeah. yeah, they had some T-shirts, a little fundraiser. That's they a did. really cool shirt. I like. Yeah. That. So tap a few, not to be con- uh, confused with tip a few. Yeah, yeah. In Grand Haven, I get that a lot. Yeah. Anytime I wear this to a bar, you know, someone's yeah. like, "Oh, I've been there before." It's like, "Oh, we'll read it." It's actually right. uh, not affiliated with the bar. That's a Grand really cool Haven. shirt. 
so not to confuse anybody but give them a call yeah look them up they got a facebook instagram yeah. page and stuff not out here trying to like promote anything yeah I know for that, real right this uh, is their one sh- one free shot right? i know that they serve some <laughs> yeah they serve some craft beers and stuff at yeah. some of their events so they like to keep it you know tuned, cool. tuned to the crowd so um, very nice no offense to any breweries that we've yeah, you know, reviewed right. lately but uh bartending service come on we're all in it together gotta you love know? it right and they do craft and and light beers i'm sure all the good stuff yeah right? you know it's awesome full bar do they do, they do they do like liquor and stuff too oh yeah 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 man they got okay. it's a fun little gig I bet. yeah they do a lot of private events out at grand valley state university that's where brett graduated from okay um yeah i don't there, know there's tj Meerman, right does that sound right yeah so is that the same family brett, brett would be a cousin to tj okay correct yep through, gotcha yep um davenport university is where karen went to school okay last name was brown I knew nobody. I I sh- I just didn't get out much. She was on Sports Center top ten plays. She played rugby for Davenport University. Really, that's kind of cool. I'm surprised you didn't know that. I'm sur- I, or have seen the highlights. I tell you what, I I look back at my college days and I did less than I do now. Yeah, like I was I was just a hermit. I worked literally fifty five hours a week. Oh yeah, and was doing school and hockey. Yep. And I just didn't go to parties. I don't know why. So I didn't really get to know anybody. That she well. d- she absolutely bulldozed somebody yeah. playing, playing rugby. That's yeah. pretty sweet. It was. Uh, I bet you can cool. find but, that on the YouTube and stuff, right? But anyway, yeah, on the YouTube again. Check yeah. them out. Uh, tap a few bartender services. Few. Anybody nice. looking for a little uh, catered bartender? Yeah. They do a good job. They got, you know, they're in line with a lot of the uh, event venues in, yeah. the, in the area as gotcha. well too no so. that's cool so you have a uh, good week we were go- off last week off last so week, it's been yeah. a couple weeks since we talked last trying been to think what i did that night <laughs> to take up uh this time i probably just like took a nap or <laughs> probably, something i don't right? know if there was anything interesting to watch on a tuesday there really isn't no um, there never really some of is. these prime time football games have been pretty <laughs> ugly to watch so i don't really Seriously. tune in outside of the sunday I, like, Lions I get games, so excited so. to watch monday night football and then it was just like oh my gosh that was terrible thursday nights have been absolutely awful brutal it's just i mean i'm okay with it like i don't i'm not gonna lose any sleep over a bad football game because i'm I'm personally okay with just turning them off like i i i I find myself clicking over to the office again or watching a little baseball team's not in it absolutely yeah but um the more the merrier like i just i like betting so if there's a game on and i'm gonna sit and watch it i'll bet on it but I don't know. That's just kind of my thing. But. I'm still into the fantasy football thing. Yeah. I had three players going last night, and then they that just, must have not gone well. No. So I'm assuming you lost, huh? Both quarterbacks and a wide receiver, and oh, I was I was down big, and I lost big still. Yeah. So. Did Russell Wilson go negative points or no? I think he ended up with like nine or ten. Oh, yeah. I mean Herbert didn't have much of a better game at all either, and yeah. Mike Williams was absolutely shut down. Was so, he? Yeah. Man. Yeah, I didn't get to, I didn't get to watch a whole lot of the game last night, but uh, we just got back from uh, vacation. Yeah, you're looking kind of yeah, tan. a little red. I don't know if it's yeah. just lighting or if I'm just tan or what. But um, South Carolina was awesome. The kids had fun. Traveling went well. Um, was able to sit and watch some football too, which is good. Like we left, uh, so our flight came home on Saturday night. So it was like I was able to sit and watch the whole Michigan game. And was able to have a couple of brewskis and stuff because I had no no other worries just other than riding the plane home and all that stuff. So that that worked out really good. Got to watch the Michigan game. That was that was awesome. I missed a lot of the state game. I watched a little bit of it, but um, was able to watch it when I got home. So um, crazy college football week though. Alabama going down finally. Yeah, like they've been looking so bad, but then 
they finally get the loss. So that, that's kind of nice. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, we're past that cakewalk part of the schedule, yeah. right? So we're going to start seeing big conference games, and that's across the board nationwide. So we got to see some on display. I mean, yeah. I, I tuned in for that USC-Utah game. Yeah, I, oh I, my I got home just in time to watch the end of that. I was so pumped. And I didn't, I didn't watch enough of the Alabama-Tennessee game. I just saw that they were up early and i was like all right let's see what happens yeah. and then um i was kind of blown away at the final score when i did <laughs> tune back in and catch the you know the highlights after the fact but uh yeah big games and yeah. i mean michigan also had one there two yeah. top 10 teams that doesn't happen very often at the big house yeah that alabama game so i was like i was kind of mad that i wasn't able to watch it so i watched like i think i was able to watch first half mostly yeah and like i keep i don't put my phone on airplane mode i don't know if that's a offense or not hopefully i don't offend anybody but i don't think anything bad will happen um but like i just i can't obviously get internet like it goes out eventually but then i I randomly got like a weird spot and i get a text from micah that somehow like it was when we were descending or whatever so like i don't know how i got it but i got a random text message he goes yo bye and i was like oh does that mean the alabama law so i'm like panicking I, then my phone's not updating i'm like come on come on what is going on finally we land and i see that they lost my like, yes yeah so pumped yeah i, mean, I just that want them to lose really shakes things up it and does makes things a little bit more interesting early in the season um usually it comes yeah. down to the wire if the, if somebody's gonna slip up not saying that you know, Alabama really, I mean, they yeah. rarely slip up. Yeah. Um, Tennessee's a heck of a team. Man, they are. They got some weapons. But that, nobody's playing defense right now. No, it's so weird. Yeah. It seems like Michigan's the only good team with a good defense. Yeah, and that can wear you down. Yeah. I mean, we watched them run the ball all over Penn State. Oh, yeah. And that was, I feel like uh, a threat was their defensive front. Yeah. Slowing us down and then putting all the pressure on J.J., and instead, it didn't work. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have yeah, to get get right into that before we uh, jump in there. I did want to introduce our beer. I am the only one drinking tonight, and I'm drinking from the hops. I went over and filled a couple crawlers. So, there you go. Um, I'm drinking their premium lager. Premium. I think we've, lager. Yeah, yeah, it's just a nice little lager. Nothing, nothing great, but it's just doing the job. You know. Yeah. That's basically where we're at. So, um, before we uh, jump into episode 177, I want to remind everyone. That the Hops Brewing Company and Cafe is still currently closed. Still no update for anybody, but I will be the first one to tell you. I'll tell you that. I get text messages all the time like, is the Hops going to open? Is the Hops? I'm texting Ben. I'm like, dude, what is going on? He goes, uh, we're still trying to go through the hiring process of, of a new general manager, new cook, all that kind of stuff. But they're going to, they're they're trying. They're, they're really trying. So, um, again, just keep an eye out on their social media platforms. Keep an eye out for ours. As soon as I know something, we'll share it on our uh, social media. Um, but it'll probably be on a Wednesday right after the uh, podcast because that's when breaking news happens, right? Right after we're done recording. But, um, yeah, that's kind of where we're at. I think we're just going to get right into right, right into some sports here. Drinking craft beer, having fun, and talking sports in the state of Michigan. <laughs> You're listening to State of My Sports. We are going to start with the, the Michigan game. So they ran all over Penn State to a dominant 41-17 home win against the, the top 10 Nittany Lions. The running game was incredible. Donovan Edwards had 173 yards on 16 carries and two touchdowns, while Quorum was right behind him with 166 yards on the ground on 28 carries and two touchdowns. Add on J.J.'s 57 yard rushing yards and Stokes' 22. They had 408. 
15 rushing yards in this game. Um, and then Penn State was like a top 10 run run defense heading in this game. That, like you already said, that was what the conversation was going to be about from start to finish was, all right, will they be able to run over a, a quality top 10 rushing defense? And and they absolutely destroyed him. Sorry, real quick. Kerry, I'm drinking a Shell House hard seltzer. Sorry, late again. It's all right. We just kind of zoom through things when I'm the only one drinking. So, oh, and there it is. There it is. <laughs> Welcome back, Kyle. Kyle is live and well. Look at that. He doesn't come on the show anymore. This was his first comment in like months. Months. I think when the Yankees started doing bad, he stopped showing up on the chat. They were in a slump there, Kyle. <laughs> you can't deny that. But maybe he was just secretly keeping to himself. Following Aaron Judge's uh, almost the home run, historic home run, season, yeah, yeah. So I was texting it. He was so nervous for today's game, even in like a five-one win that they had today. He was so nervous in the ninth. I'm like, dude, it's five-one. Like, yeah, get over it. Like, it's not gonna happen again. They already blew it once. So feel like the atmosphere had control over Cleveland at that point. <laughs> yeah, you know, let alone the team. But yeah, good to hear from you, Kyle. And yeah, they do look strong. I mean, that's. Let's face it, that's probably the ALCS everybody wanted to see, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. Especially um, with the NL being the exact opposite. Yeah. You know what I mean? With What is it? The Phillies, Padres. Nobody expected that. Yep. Um, it's nice that you have a really high-end matchup with the ALCS, which is which is really cool. Um, the O-line continues to, to get better um, with Edwards looking healthier and Corum's incredible start to the season. Just the way that this is looking. The way that they won last year, Michigan, they're better this year. In my opinion, I think the running game is better. I think the offensive line is better. The wide receivers are incredible blockers for in the run game. I mean, I still want to see a, the the passing game come to fruition because look, you're going to have to if you want to contend with Ohio State, Tennessee, Bama, and Georgia. You have to be able to be explosive. I think. I mean, I feel like we learned that last year that you needed some explosion that they didn't have. Um, at least when you got into the, the playoff with Georgia. Um, I want to see it, but at this point, I'm okay with winning this way. It, it is absolutely awesome. It's just the way that they're just pounding the ball against true c- competition now. Like, they did it against Iowa, which Iowa's supposed to have this stout defense, and th- they do have a good defense. And they always play Michigan tough. Yeah. Let's face it, they always slow us down, Yep. and it doesn't uh, allow for any – fluid offense throughout the game yeah it's it's always back and forth low scoring and the weather is weird and it's yeah i don't know you're going out into the middle of these cornfields you know exactly do do i think the big 10 is down yeah i do but that doesn't mean that we can't like this win and be impressed with this win and the world should understand how impressive that type of win is is was penn state overrated at what were they nine i think they're ranked ninth or tenth maybe i guess it doesn't matter now but like were they overrated in my opinion yeah, but I also think when Alabama does this to teams year in and year out, those teams are overrated. You know what I mean? So, like, Michigan's doing it, and that's really exciting. That They're they're not in the close game that they were last year against Penn State where it came down to that Eric All touchdown. Like, they dominated this football game from start to finish. Yeah, I think maybe Penn State was thrown in that position because we've seen other teams in the Big Ten that were preseason – looking to be in the top 25 and they yeah. fell out pretty quick Michigan yeah. State it, Wisconsin yep and uh, Penn so State was actually unranked when the season started yeah. jumped all the way up and yeah. maybe they've exceeded expectations up to this point in their season mm-hmm. and that earned them the third best Big Ten team 
Let's rank them nationally, right? And then Illinois is in there now, too, right? They're a top yeah, I think 25 they're eight, team. 18th now, yeah. I think. Yeah, they were 16 or 18. 24th and moved up. Yeah. Um, so maybe they're the beneficiary of, of the seeding. Um, but at the end of the day, Penn State recruits. Penn State gets yep. good players. They're a solid they program. A high-end coach. Uh, I yep. think he's a bad coach, but he's a high-end coach in the and league. Maybe, maybe he's a little more overrated than the program. Yeah. Um, and But at the same time, I feel like they typically get the best out of the players that they get um, until they're, they up and leave or, you know, uh, decide to maybe graduate a little bit early. Yeah. But regardless, it was a dominant performance. Yeah, sticking, sticking to the game and just wanted to get into how dominant this performance was. First half, Michigan was dominating really the, the whole half. But then Penn State, they, you know, they didn't get a first down until eight minutes left in the, the second quarter when Clifford had that third and one, 62-yard run all the way down to the end zone. Yeah. He got he was short. Of the, I think it was down to the four-yard line or something like that. Um, Michigan, Michigan stopped him and then got up, forced a fourth down. They got the touchdown. But it's just like that play right there. And then, what was it, two plays later, three plays later, J.J. threw that pick six. We were up 13 nothing. all of a sudden, boom, down 14-13. And it was just like, how is this freaking possible that we're down in this this football game? 14-13, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to panic by any means because I, I'm sitting watching this game and I know that Michigan's the better team. It was obvious. But that you just start – if you can't give teams with talent that type of um, hope, I guess, when you're absolutely kicking the crap out of them because – Good teams, like with that little bit of hope, they they usually will take advantage of it, you know. Especially on the road, yeah. You know, uh, to go down and at the big house again, you had all the momentum, all the time on the possession clock, you yeah. know, and like uh, both sides of the ball were still playing pretty good. I think that interception that was one of those like fluke, you know, um, bad bounces that yeah. just doesn't happen to go your way, um, and. Luckily, they responded. Yeah. Yep. It, it was it was nice. So this is the first. So Michigan ended up kicking a field goal right before halftime, which was huge because Penn State got the ball first at half. So it was like it felt like really important to at least get some points and take that lead. So they took a sixteen uh, to fourteen lead into halftime. The numbers in the first half are absolutely insane. First first downs, Michigan had eighteen to Penn State's one. Third down conversions, Michigan was seven of eleven to. Uh, Penn State's one one of four. Obviously, the fourth down for for Penn State. Michigan didn't have any fourth downs, but the yards, 168 total yards to 67 rushing. Sorry, that was rushing yards alone. Passing yards, 106 to 17 in the first half. Total yards, 274 to 84. Absolutely insane. The turnover, obviously, by by Michigan and, and not by Michigan State. And that was one thing that was just crazy of how Michigan dominated this game without getting any turnovers. It was. Insane. Usually you have a turnover or two that just changes the whole game, but it was just they just kept pounding and kept going, and it was absolutely um, a, a, a beating, an absolute beating, um, which is awesome. And, and like we've said, uh, time of possession there, 23 minutes and 56 seconds in the first half to six minutes in two seconds. Just unbelievable. Kyle jumped in and said Penn State has really good D. However, the Big Ten is a two-horse race. Can't. I don't disagree with that. It is pretty obvious. I mean, Illinois being cute and stuff, but I'm sorry, there's not going to be legit. They're not. It's not going to happen. There's some people out there that think Michigan and Ohio State are the best two teams in the nation right now. I I think they've shown the most. It's I not, really do. Not just a two horse race in the Big Ten right now. It's 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 looking like playoffs. yeah, it's looking like the winner of that V game is will be number one. 
and will be the favorite to win the national title. Now, I mean, I I'm saying that, and the SEC still needs to un like play out, and people will still take SEC teams over Big Ten until it's proven. But the way that Michigan and Ohio State look, they they look like the best running team in the country, and Ohio State looks like the best passing team in the country, and it's just they're both good enough to to just dominate a, a football game. Um, as a non-Michigan fan, other than obvious reasons, uh, U of M versus OSU, 45-42 to 42 Michigan victory. Already getting that prediction in there. And then we also have, uh, that was a fun game to watch. Uh, we found all the Michigan fans. Oh, it just moved on me. All the Michigan fans in Charlotte, love that. And then uh, also someone agrees with you. It's not just the Big Ten, but Alabama's vulnerable. And Georgia does not have the same defense. I, yeah, I completely agree. It seems like they're they're the best teams in the country right now. Now they're not in the rankings. What is it? Georgia's one, I think. Ohio State's two. Then Tennessee. Then Michigan. You got Georgia and Tennessee playing each other in a couple weeks. I I, I could see Tennessee. They're obviously not going to have a letdown this week against Middle Tennessee or whoever the heck they're playing. Tennessee, Charlotte, or whatever it is. I don't even know. Um, but I I think Alabama could lose another game. And then, I don't know, it, it could get crazy in the SEC right now. It, it, and I think that's what I'm hoping for is just more chaos. Because I, I, I text uh, Trav actually heading into this game, I'm like, am I wrong to think that winning this game against Penn State, this was before the game, it could be their ticket to the playoff either way? And that's what I'm starting to wonder is if things, obviously a lot can happen and it will happen, but I think this feels like the Michigan – Ohio State is is the same as Georgia, Alabama last year. That they split the games, right? Or they 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 Alabama lost or won the Big Ten or sorry the SEC, but still made the playoff or made the playoff. Tennessee lost, but there's, oh my gosh, I'm saying Georgia lost, but still makes the playoffs, right? Yeah. It's like it feels like that could happen for Michigan and and or Ohio State if it's a close game, if it's a hard fought game, and things don't hit the fan, you know, other ways or not, but. Anyways, getting back into this game, uh, Penn State started the second half with a field goal to go up 17-16. to uh, It was obviously the, obvious who the better team was, uh, but Michigan didn't panic on both sides. and it, it was awesome. I think they stuck to their game plan, and that's where it was like usually like in the past. like Go back three, four years ago with, with Harbaugh and, and the way that this offense ran and, and really, I mean, the Don Brown defense, it was – not really the defense. The offense seemed to go away from their game plan too quick. Even if it was working, as soon as they found adversity. You know what I mean? Where it's like, all right, we're down. We got to do this. We got to strike quick. We can't be down much longer. But instead of that, like the play calling stayed consistent. The players stayed consistent. And they just kept kept to their game and absolutely dominated. It, it was it was awesome. Would I, would I like to see like in this type of you know, comeback, if you will, JJ whipping the ball around and, and him be a part of it. Yeah, that would give me nice, warm, fuzzy feelings in the inside. But when you don't have to, why force it? They're 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 not afraid of the way that they're winning. I think we saw that last year. They weren't afraid to what people thought of them. You know what I mean? And and I feel like they're doing that again. They're like we don't care how we're winning. We don't need to do it to make the committee happy. We don't need to do it to make Stephen A. Smith happy, like the, the talking heads and stuff. We're just going to do it our way and we're just gonna, the way that we can. They're not changing based on what people are think of them. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think not that uh, Jim's using like a SEC approach, but if you look at some of these teams that have won the national t- title, 
recent years, uh, especially the Alabamas of the world. Uh, but Georgia proved it last year too. You you got if you got good running backs, you give them the ball in college football. Yeah, that opens up everything else. Yep. Um, so you're gonna have those. Alabama had those games, you know, Derrick Henry and Mark Ingram and them, where the quarterbacks they had some quarterbacks that never took a snap in the NFL playing. Yeah. Right, Greg McElroy and these guys. Yeah. You leaned on that run, but then they'd have a good enough wide receiver that was fast enough to get open, especially late in the season in big games. They're playing down south where the weather's a little nicer and the the turf stays pretty dry. Michigan's playing these outdoor games. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to lean on the run this time of year. They'll have to prepare for that come you know postseason football if Michigan yeah. gets that far. And that's going to open up things for guys to run on some of those track fields down there. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm not. I'm not concerned with it whatsoever. You lean on that big front offensive line all day, every day, and if it's winning your ball games, why are you going to switch it up? Yep, exactly. So they, as they were down 17-16, uh, two I mean, back-to-back drives, you had the Edwards 67-yard rushing touchdown, Quorum the 61-yard rushing touchdown right after that. This game was put away. It was so fun to watch. Um, another thing that I thought was interesting was Joey Porter Jr., very, very good corner. I think he usually plays corner. He's kind of a do-it-all type player, but clearly an NFL guy, um, potentially a top first-round pick, potentially. Um, and he made that first hit to start the game, got the penalty, and then I don't remember seeing him the rest of the game. I think he ended up with like three tackles and a so in a in an assisted tackle. But it was like, I don't remember hearing his name, and I guess that'll happen when you're not throwing the ball around. But they completely eliminated their the best player on the defense. Yeah. And I think they continue to do that. They they did it against Iowa. They they're doing it against other teams. So it's just I love the way that they're scheming this this offense and and really just taking what 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 is there. And this yeah. offensive line, I already brought it up, just absolutely dominant. It's so impressive. Um and it's just it's awesome. It really is. Uh I I wrote down and I I'm I don't tell me if I'm overreacting here. But I thought what Michigan did to Penn State was what Alabama has done in the past. Is they're they're Alabama-ing people, and and it's very close to the old school Alabama that you kind of already brought up. It was, hey, we're gonna run the ball. We don't need to have this Heisman Trophy quarterback. Like this is you know five years ago Alabama, five to ten years ago when they were really dominating even more. It was like they they did it their own way. They didn't care how they did it. Um, do I think that's the recipe to win a national championship? No, I don't. But I also don't think J.J. McCarthy's a Greg McElroy. He's much closer to a, um, who was the guy that just got uh, Mac Jones type thing that he can throw the ball. He will throw the ball. And, and I, that's what I'm, I know he's completely different. A runner type thing, closer to a Bryce Young, I guess, if you will, than anything. Um, little overreaction because we haven't seen it um, put up any gaudy numbers or anything, but I know he has the ability to do it. Yeah. Um. But they're willing to win this way. They're willing to Alabama teams. They're it. It's so nice to see, because these are the games that they escaped last year. These close games that we that they really shouldn't have won. They did it against Nebraska. They did it against uh, Penn State last year. There's other close ones that they had to escape, and they just played a top ten team and didn't have to. Yeah. And that's really exciting. Um. They're just they're they're solidifying themselves as a true true contender and really, like I already said, the Michigan Ohio State. I don't know if that game is going to matter that much because I think both these teams could 
be in that top four no matter who wins or loses this game. And it's, that's I love that, but at the same time, I want that game to matter. But like, obviously, it's going to matter. You, I mean, you just can't deny the fact that if both of those teams enter that game undefeated, and you have all these other one-loss teams in the SEC, and they might have one team undefeated, that both of these teams shouldn't get in. Yeah, you know, the SEC has gotten away with that for a long time. Um, you know, even back into the big bowl game days, like you, you yeah. just you you kick two teams in. Pretty much automatic. I think it's time for the Big Ten, and and last year proved it. Um, I mean, I know that didn't really show up in the game yeah. uh, against Georgia, but all year long they were a dominant team, and they beat Ohio State. I f- I'm right there with you. Yeah. I don't see unless there's another bump in the road, one of these teams not making the playoff if they go into that matchup undefeated. Yep. Quorum's numbers. I just want to talk a little bit about them. Look, I'm not going to go overboard and say that he he's a Heisman candidate. Because I don't think anybody outside of a quarterback is really a Heisman candidate anymore. Um, but what he's doing is, is right up there with Mark Ingram, um, Derrick Henry, guys that were right there um, or did win it. Mark Ingram did, yeah. right? Um, so it's it's there. He's got in 146 attempts, he's got 901 yards, 13 touchdowns. That's a 6.2 yards per carry, which is just incredible. Um, then you got Donovan Edwards, which he, he missed a couple games due to injury and was was wasn't healthy uh, for a couple. But and on 43 attempts, he's got 307 yards, four touchdowns with a 7.1 average. He's getting healthy and he's looking really good, and that's going to be important for this team down the stretch to have two guys that can do it. Yeah, I mean that's a touchdown every 11 touches. That's not bad <laughs> for a second guy, like you said, that has missed some time. Yeah. Um, Blake Quorum's not too far behind that either. Yeah, um, it's pretty sweet. But those numbers are gaudy. I mean, yep. What do you What do you do if you're a defense? What do you do? do I you, don't know. You know, do you stack the box and then bring the heat and make JJ do something? Because you have expose, guys. Yeah, yeah, expose your back end. I I just feel like there's still a little bit of time for these guys to gel. Well, we got a bye week coming up, right? Yep, bye week this week. So that's always nice to get your receivers and your your quarterbacks doing their thing and maybe resting your running backs and offensive line that have, you know, obviously had to go out there and put out a performance. Right. Um, I bet you they're going to eat good this week. I bet you Edwards and Corham will be like, hey, NIL money time. Let's go out for, let's go out to Outback or something. Yeah. I mean, this is just, (laughs) this is kind of the blueprint of college football right now. You got to have two running backs. You can't, I don't know. Well, you you can. We've seen them feed uh, Corum a lot of carries. Yeah. Um, but it's always nice when you can bounce those two guys off. Yeah. I mean, he's getting so much. Like, I think he's been in the over twenty five last couple games. Yeah. Of, seven of carries. Seven yards per carry too. Yeah. For Edwards, like, I mean, what do you what do you do? You got to keep doing that. <laughs> it's insane. That and makes that, first downs a lot easier to get when you can 67. get seven yards on one of those three plays. Yeah. And what they're doing is they're not going away. So like, if they lose two yards on first down. They're like, okay, we'll just do a quick run, make it a third and five, and then we'll figure it out from there. Yeah. It's like they're they're so they're so confident in what they're doing. It's it's awesome, and I, and I love to see it. And I love to see that they're not wavering from who they are for any reason. Some follow up numbers here: JJ was seventeen of twenty four for one hundred forty five yards. He had the one interception, no touchdowns. He had Edwards, Quorum, each with two touchdowns. Uh, JJ fifty seven yards in the ground. That was a nice thing to see. It was something that they had to worry about. Um, and that I think changes the whole the the way that the defense plays. Yeah. If you have to worry not only about look, I'm just gonna say one of the best backs in the league and a, another great one that that we're starting to starting to emerge and a quarterback to run. Like, dude, you have a lot to worry about. And 
I think these teams are still respecting the ball, the arm of JJ. They're, they can't. They're not fully committed because they know that he can hit that guy 40 yards downfield on a dime, and he, he's shown it. Um, he's missed a few. I get that, but they have to respect that. They're they still are respecting. I'm convinced of it. Um, Cornelius Johnson, three catches for 43. Ronnie Bell, five catches for 39. Obviously, you're not going to get very big numbers on on this, but um, on the other side, Sean Clifford, 7 of 19 for 120 yards. Um, He was their leading rusher with 74 yards. Obviously, that big one's going to play a role in that, but outside of him, 19 yards for for one running back, 16 yards for the other on six carries. Um, Contained him. That was awesome. Um, Actually, sorry, uh, Aller was, was the other one with so they're only running back really in the top three rushers, uh, six carries for 19 yards. So um, Allert came in the the quarterback five of ten for 37 yards and the interception. Oh, I guess we did have an interception. Sorry, I missed that earlier. I think I said they didn't have a takeaway, but I must have missed that. Um, but they just they contained them. So the the numbers uh, total yards 563 to 268 passing yards 145 to 157. I'm going to say Michigan's first, obviously. Rushing yards, 418 to 111 yards per play, 7.1 to 5.3, 28 to 10 first downs, 11 of 17 on third down for Michigan, 1 of 1 on fourth. Total plays, 79 to 51. It was just an absolute beating, zero punts, uh, just incredible, incredible. 41 minutes and 56 seconds to 18 minutes and 4 seconds. It was dominating performance. It was fun to see and just I I absolutely love watching this team right now. Yeah, I kind of circle back to what you said about uh, Joey Porter Jr. Like every game I've watched, it's like, man, which defensive player like stood out in this game? And I had a hard time picking one this week. In this game, yeah. But then you look at that time of possession; it's because they were hardly on the field. <laughs> yeah. They were hardly on the field. Yeah. You look up the box score, and it's just like, oh, there were a lot of guys that had four tackles apiece. Yeah. You know whether they were assisted or solo, and it's like, oh. That's just because they didn't. Yeah, they didn't have to be out there it very was, long. That's that's that number is staggering. the The total time of possession on on for offense for Penn State eighteen minutes and four seconds. That is that's wonder, like no time. Yeah, at all. I wonder. I wonder how many drives they had if they had three punts. You know, like, <laughs> right? It's like uh, possession per time per possession. Yeah, uh, was not in their favor. Not at you, all. You take away two big plays, right? That interception and that long run. And I know that that interception yardage doesn't count to anything on the box score. Yeah. But that was literally the only time they moved the ball. Yeah. And uh, that's just and dominant. This, yeah. It, it's awesome. I and expected a little bit more out of Penn State. Yeah. I thought maybe they would, I don't know, maybe have something else crazy happen. Or maybe a running back just go off. You yeah. Know, that we can't stop. Do something, right? But, um, I mean, that I don't know. It was kind of yeah. boring. It, It'll be it interesting was to see how they – how Penn State looks the next couple weeks. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, could they just be a, a team that just falls off, or were, are they going to come back up and creep back up to that top ten as teams start falling out, you know? Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Are they, I think they got Penn or Mich- or Ohio State, not this week, but next week. Next week, So yeah. that'll be an interesting one, and it might be a whiteout at Happy Valley, which is never easy to play in, but, man, I would love it if Ohio State lost that one. Red Wings to Michigan State. We're talking about it. This is State of My Sports. Sorry, we did have a comment here about Michigan. JJ has to fix uh, the mistake throws. 
Uh, he's young, but he's made a few bonehead throws. I agree with that. Not only the pick six that looked bad, but there was one that he threw that I had a I swear it was a pick six, and I don't know how he got it over the guy's head. Um, so yeah, good good point there. Um, but then yeah, taking care of the football has got to be important for for JJ. Um, starting this next or next game against Michigan State, who ended their four game losing streak against the Wisconsin Badgers in double overtime, thirty four to twenty eight, to send the homecoming fans home happy. Uh, Xavier Henderson, <laughs> yeah, finally right. Um, Jacob Slade. Uh, return, which really helped, uh, along with moving Jacoby Winman around to kind of suit best suit his game. Um, th- this was by far Peyton Thorne's uh, best game, going 21 to 29 for 265 and two touchdowns. Sorry, are they re- interviewing him right after he had home run in the dugout? In the dugout. When did this start happening? I don't know. Must be a Philly, Philly in the never, playoffs thing. I've never seen anything like that in my life. Yeah, a that was like your interview. Yeah, during an at bat too. It's like don't, <laughs> don't, don't get him while the guy's walking up to the box or anything. Get him while it's a two-two count. Like, <laughs> yeah. let's, let's pan away from this real quick. Jeez, that was that was interesting. You think the MLB just likes Bryce Harper? Or what? Oh yeah, there's like yeah, we gotta talk to him, right? I just can't believe they did a player interview in the middle of a game like that. I've never seen that before in my entire life. Absolutely insane. Um, yep, 21-29 to 29 for 265 yards and two touchdowns, uh, which are solid numbers, but combine that with taking care of the football um, on Saturday, just he just looked a lot closer to the 2021 um, thorn that, that we saw and that we thought was potentially the best, one of the, probably the second best quarterback heading into the regular season in the Big Ten. Uh, Reed also, I mean, looked he looked 100%. And was back to his 2021 self uh, with seven, 117 yards on nine receptions uh, in the game-winning 28-yard touchdown in the second OT. He also threw a 25-yard touchdown to Keon Coleman, who also had a nice game with five catches for 71 yard, 79 yards and two, two total touchdowns. Key moment that really stood out to me. After Wisconsin took the 7 nothing lead on, on the fourth down run, MSU had the same opportunity. Um, instead, they were stopped on fourth down right at the goal line. That just looked like a complete downer, and you wondered what would happen next. Um, it looked like this game could just could get out of hand. You know, if, if Wisconsin put a long drive together, it would have been like, oh, boy, and their boo birds would have been out. But what you had was two plays later, the the interception, uh, you know, I think it was by uh, Winman. Winman came back, dropped into coverage, and got the interception. Two plays after that, Berger. Uh, ran in the end zone to make it a 7-7 game. That right there, I think, was was the the key to this game of not letting it slip away. They got punched in the mouth. Things were looking doom and gloom, and all of a sudden it was just like, nope, we're here to fight. We're here to we're here to play, and that was nice to see because that's something that we haven't seen from Michigan State the last couple weeks. Once it hit, once it goes bad. They just let it continue to go bad. They let it spiral. They didn't this time, and that was very uh, incredible. Uh, Kyle he asked what I owe him or what he owes me for the four-game losing streak. Um, yeah, it's got to be something good. I, th- I think it's a, a night out at Elk Brewing. I think that's what we decided. Because he always says no to me when I ask him, hey, uh, hey, I will come your way. Like, just, just spend time with me. And I'm like, all right, I got this bet with Kyle. I think it was like three out of the next four or something like that was three losses out of the next four. And it was, if I won, he has to actually meet up with me and he has to pay for it. it but if he won, or if I, yeah, if he won, he just wouldn't have to show up again. So 
it was kind of worked out really good for me. Dang, Kyle. Maybe uh, you should make a appearance on the podcast. Yeah, too. I should have bet that. Sh- should be a part of the punishment. I should have right? bet that. That's that's not a punishment though. Being on the podcast, right? I, I, although people probably think it is because it's just me and you here the last seven months. Yeah. Uh, he said it's uh, not elk brewing, but that it's Trail Point. Oh yeah, I always do that. Okay. I literally get those mis- mixed up constantly. My, yeah. Elk has points. Trail Point. Yeah. Elk has a point on its head. I don't know points. why I get it wrong all the time. No. <laughs> I have no no idea. It's actually a nice place to go. I I do like going there. Trail been Point? There. Yeah, I've been there yeah. a few times. I, I it's got to go when the right pe- uh, food truck is out there in the parking lot. Yeah, as long as one shows up, right? Yep. Um, Jaden Reed was was absolute stud. And, and the running game wasn't great again, um, but it was solid enough. He had Berger uh, with 59 yards on 16 carries, and Elijah Collins, 43 yards on 14 carries. They each had a touchdown. That was a big part of the game. Total yards, uh, 389 for Michigan State to 283 um, Wisconsin. So the, the defense really stepped up a lot better than what, what we thought. Now, this is a different Wisconsin. This isn't your everyday Wisconsin that puts up, you know, good rushing yards and stuff like that or, like, a solid enough offense. It's a pretty bad team. Yeah, I mean they just got rid of their pretty solid coach. Yeah, from the last few years, he's had a good run there. And I yeah, mean, during the season, mid season, uh, that does a lot to a program. Yeah. Uh, again, it's still Wisconsin. You got to show up and beat them. Um, yep. You don't yeah. apologize for a win. No, not at all. But I am going to apologize to Michigan State fans. I, I I know we got a week where we can't bash you, and I know that I get heat for, we, for bashing. But I'm yeah. not I'm not that biased. I'm just uh, I, I feel like I spit the truth when it comes down to it. Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards had more yards than both of those guys <laughs> on one carry each. Holy smokes! I didn't even think about that. <laughs> So I just had to chuckle when you said this was a, a good part of the game. It you know, this was a well, oh. it was an improved yeah. <laughs> improvement. Yeah. Um, it was no, it was a key. You know, the key, the rushing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they moved the ball. Yeah, but it's good to see that they collectively, as an offense, you know, had a had a good day a better, out there. On, better game on the yep. turf. Yeah. yeah, they showed up. Um, it was still sloppy though. Like, and, and the first thing that stood out to me were the penalties. I think it was the first touchdown drive for Wisconsin. There was a really bad late hit. I forget who it was. Um, 15 yard penalty. Uh, they've had they had some false starts at really bad times. Uh, another late hit later in the game. It's just like sloppy stuff that that you can't do, and they they never do. You know what I mean? Um, they shot themselves in the foot, and it was almost like they tr- were trying to lose this game, and it, it just didn't happen. You know, um, beating a bad Wisconsin team isn't like season changing by any means, um, but. I mean, it's nice, and it just need to find a way at this point. Like, your goal for Michigan State is obviously you want to beat Michigan. That's that's top of mind. That's your Super Bowl this year, and I get why. But make a bowl game. You can't not make a bowl game in a when all you need are six wins. This win right here made it possible again because they needed it. Now they have obviously they have Rutgers and and. Um, Indiana, which are definitely winnable games. Now I feel like they're winnable because Michigan State is showing up again. Yeah. Those they, are winnable games. Had they remained on a losing streak, it might raise a more little question and concern against those teams. Yep. So now you just have to get one win out of the Michigan, Illinois, and Penn State games to make a bowl game. And I think a bowl game is very important. When you have a rebuild that I think everybody's still talking about, well, this is a rebuild, this is a rebuild. 
Okay. If it's a rebuild, then this should matter a ton to get these extra practices, get that extra bowl game, and really start um, seeing how, how you start putting things things together here. Um, I, I just think the biggest positive in this game was they showed up. Because, like I said, it looked like it it looked like this team was not going to show up the rest of the year, and now they did. They went out there and fought. They played a good enough game to be like, okay, they're not going to roll over and just let this go. They're not going to take it up the you-know-what, and now I'm sitting here a little nervous about the Michigan game because they showed, they had a pulse, and I don't, I didn't want them to, but um, what's Kyle saying there? I forgot Kyle was a State fan. Uh, he said if State loses, he'll come on the podcast. Uh, and he also doesn't appreciate my truth, but it is true. <laughs> and lastly, he could give two less about a uh, bowl game if MSU could just beat Michigan. He doesn't care about a bowl game? No. Nope. Really? This is his bowl game, sounds like. Michigan State versus Michigan. Might be your only bowl game. They probably had it highlighted on the calendar for, yeah. what, four and a half, five weeks now? Six. I was so I, I was talking to my, my coworker, Kyle, who's also a State fan. And he's like, what if Michigan loses this game? Like, how would you feel? And I started thinking about it. I was like, it doesn't really matter. Like, would it suck? Yeah, yeah, it would absolutely suck. But if you could say Michigan loses to Michigan State but then goes out and wins the rest of their games and goes to the playoff, I would take that. That's more important to me at this point. Yeah. And a loss to Michigan State doesn't remove that from you. We saw it last year. Exactly the same thing where Michigan lost to Michigan State, but then they went opposite directions. Michigan won out and and did what they needed to do. And then and I hate that because I want this game to matter a lot, but it really doesn't. Other than the the fun rivalry that it is. And look, they've, we've lost two straight to them. I could go another year if that if that if it led to a guaranteed Big Ten t- title and a playoff appearance, and then let it play out the the uh, playoffs. I, I would I would sign up for it. That is fair. I think recent history has shown that if you lose a game early and go on a winning streak and you enter the end of the season on on a hot note, yeah, uh, your chances are just as good as losing that last big game of the year and losing your undefeated streak. Yeah. But I think I'm getting ahead of it. Th- this is this is a conversation for next week, right? Yeah, During hate I don't, week. I don't, don't really need to get into the game. Yeah, yeah, it's too far let's, away. Let's stick on on the the um, the positives of, of Michigan State winning this game. Um, just the f- adversity that they faced, but then finding a way to come back. They competed, and that was great because their compete level needs to be much better than it's been. Even when you're not talented, you need to compete, and they haven't been. They competed in this game, and I think that's a, a really good sign. Um. On a negative side, and I think it needs to be talked about, was the terrible clock management to, to end the regulation that, that Mel Tucker did. Um, to kind of explain it here, um, he called his final timeout with 27 seconds left. He did a little screen pass, lost a couple yards with 20 seconds left, and then they had to scramble to get the kicker on the field to to uh, a pro, or attempt a 47-yard field goal. Just ended up being a bad snap and threw an interception and all that. That's what screwed it all up. But you, sh- you should not like that was that's a criminal offense to use your timeout the way he did, and then rush the play call after the fact. Like if you're gonna call timeout to stop the clock, then you better be throwing to the sidelines or throwing incomplete passes because that little screen pass on the inside guy 
That was the dumbest play you could ever do. And it was on third down, so it's not like you could go spike it. So I, I don't know what they didn't understand heading into that play, but it was the most bizarre play call I have ever seen in that type of situation because you were technically in field goal range. You're supposed to have this kicker that can, you know, he's a good good enough kicker. He can kick a 45-yarder to win the game when he has time. The much better, much better play would just be let the clock run out and kick the field goal with your timeout there. In your pocket. In your po- yeah, or or to call a timeout right before you send them out. Like yep. it, it was the worst coaching that I've seen in a very long time. And I watch Lions every week, so I know a lot about that bad coaching. And that would look like a kind of a a bonehead not understanding the situation. Yeah, you usually yeah if you're gonna if you're gonna throw there, you, like you said, throw it to the sideline or throw that ball out of bounds. Yeah. College football, just throw it out of bounds if there's yep. nothing there. Live to see another day. Yeah, it was it was a very very. Um, bizarre play, and then honestly, the, uh, obviously you, you don't want to apologize for the win. So, I, but it needs to be talked about. The the, the first play, play in overtime ended up working out. The the Jaden Reed pass to Keon Coleman that had pick written all over. It. If Keon Coleman didn't go up and steal that ball away from the corner, like it just seemed like such a odd time to take that type of risk, and very very weird timing. Obviously, it worked, and you got you can't. Even with hindsight, like you don't make that play call. It's very, very strange, and I did not understand that at all. It seemed like they were trying to lose, and I know that's not the case, but like I don't know. That was just those two moments when you combine them together, it's just very, very questionable coaching and decision-making um, when you are desperate to win this football game. You need to win this game. Very, very strange to me. I don't know. Did you did – you, think anything of it or am yeah, I overthinking it here? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's just like an, an another way to, to win a game as mm-hmm. opposed to maybe not lose the game but not fit the script on, on closing it out. Yeah, so we did get a comment as from a state fan. He said, I was mad at the last drive. It was wild how bad it was. And then what's that second one say? This stuff's behind me. Oh, uh, the the greatness of the flea flicker. Oh, he thought the flea flicker was great. I thought that was really dumb, personally. It worked out, obviously, but oof. Yeah, I, I don't know. Odd, I, odd timing. Yeah, it, big big time and, like, big play in the game. When <coughs> when those ones work, oh, they're something you can always, like, yeah. remember. You know? They didn't even mention the interception that was dropped by Michigan State yeah. that would have sealed the game. Like, that was bizarre, too. Like, just... I don't know. It was and with those penalties, like you put all that together, it's like, did you want to win this football game or, yeah. or what? But homecoming, right? Homecoming, they got the win. You don't apologize for it, right? Make it fun. Now we can go into hate week next week. That'll be fun. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. State of my sports. So obviously, like I said, we were gone last week. Didn't get a chance to talk about the Lions game, um, which was actually very nice. I did not want to talk about that game. I was very glad we didn't have to force a podcast about that. Speaking of losing streaks, <laughs> yeah, twenty-nine to nothing loss uh, to the Patriots. Uh, just a game that you just want to bury the game tape and just call it a day. Just be done with it. You're d- it's don't worry about it, but learn from it. You know what I mean? All of those type of things. Um, don't really want to get too much into it. Um, because nobody really cares at this point. It's old news. But it, right? it is. But ju- I just wanted to bring up a couple things that, that were the issues here. Third down, uh, they were 4 of 12, 
Fourth down, 0 for 6. A very strange one, too. Fourth and 9, early in the game, passing up on a field goal when it was 3 nothing. Just very, very bizarre coaching again that I'm just a little nervous because it seemed like, because I think they passed up on the, the field goal, right? And it turned into the pick six back the other way or fumble six or whatever. I don't remember exactly what it, I think it was a fumble. Um, stupid to go for it, in my opinion. If you don't trust your kicker to make that field goal, why is he on your team? There are millions of kickers in this world that if you can't trust yours to make a 45-yarder, you don't have the right kicker. And go get one. So that's a red flag to me. Um, and then just the way that they fell apart after that specific play, it's. I'm not saying that this team's going to stop playing for Dan Campbell, but it seemed like after that decision was made, they stopped playing that day. And that's where I'm starting to get really, really nervous. Um, I don't want to overreact to it because I think we've seen. So what are they, one for? Is that yeah. right? Yeah, yep. Out of the five games, you were out of one. And I want to keep holding on to that. Look, this is a just-win business. You have to win. You don't win on – you don't survive. You're, you don't keep your job on close losses. Um, but where we are in the rebuild, we want to see compete. That's something that we didn't see last year was the compete. This game looked a lot like last year. When it hit the fan and it went bad, it went really bad. And – I'm a little nervous that the act will will run dry, um, but I don't want to overreact either. Do you have what? What are your concerns in that situation? Ooh, are you talking just the, the Dan team, Campbell, the team, and the coach? Yeah, the differences yeah. there. Um, yep. man, I I still want to follow Dan Campbell to war every Sunday. I I think as a fan, do. yeah, as a fan, as a player. Um, I don't know how you can explain what's going on and what transpired in new england mm -hmm. at gillette stadium i don't injuries um you're down some of your better players but the fact that we just got nothing going as a lions offense that was still at the time like ranked in the what the top yeah five one of the top teams maybe higher than that i don't know uh to put up a goose egg that's kind of embarrassing a slap in the face um to do that against bill belichick and Matt, Matt Patricia, yeah, yeah, that guy, ah, uh, just like ten times worse. So I don't know if that was part of a deal that they had with the previous regime that hey, in 2022 we're gonna spank you guys. Yeah, you, we're gonna spank you guys. Yeah, and they agreed upon it. <laughs> um, that's all I can think of at this time. I don't, I don't think the team's gonna give up. I think once we start getting a couple guys back on the field, and if we can figure out our secondary, because I don't know how many corners they went through a lot during that yeah. game. Already thin um, at it, heading in. Exactly, yeah, and you're down Tracy Walker, so yep. there, I can't put that on coaching. Um, maybe strength and conditioning, just freak, you know, injuries and accidents. It, it's, I'm not going to say same old Lions, but this is the same old Lions where something doesn't go our way in this, this time around early mm -hmm. in the season. It happens to be bodies that aren't on the field. Yep. And if we can come out of the bye week a little bit healthy, let's see what we got. But yeah. we got a big game coming up. It'll be interesting to see, you know, like, you always want to put a loss like this behind you. Yeah. But then here we are heading into the bye week and this happened, and you let that stew. You let that linger. How is this team going to respond is, is the biggest thing. Now, do they need to go out and beat Dallas? No. But they better 
freaking show up. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. I want to see improvement. Would I obviously... The injuries is one thing. Like, I don't know what to do with this game because I don't know who's healthy. They've said literally nothing. We don't know anything about who's healthy and who's out. Um, who you know, and it's just you you don't go on the road and win these type of games necessarily. But I also look at this team as a team. I'm gonna stick with the close close team, the team that is competing, the team that's putting it up an effort and and actually should be winning some of these games. If if it the ball goes a different direction or a play call goes a different way, yeah. Um, I still believe that they can do it. Um, but here they are. They're they're on a, a losing streak. Um. And you got some tough games coming up. You got Dallas. You got Miami, Green Bay. You could be looking at what would that be then? One and seven? And that's when you start like really wondering what this team's gonna be doing. And I don't want to write them off. I don't want to say that that's where they're gonna end up. I could see it happening. But there's a bad one and seven, and there's a man, one and seven? Really? Yeah. Like, how can they turn this around? And I, I'm I'm not going to overreact by the one and four start. I think it's more or less correcting what we kind of drank the Kool-Aid and had that hype and all of that kind of stuff. But I keep going back to this is still a rebuild. And obviously the NFL is built to turn things around quickly. You see it with the Jets and Giants, blah, blah, blah. Now, a little thing that's different between that, because I know that there's a popular radio host in, in Detroit that just keeps saying, hey, if the Jets and the Giants are doing this, we should do it. The Jags are better than the Lions. And, well, the Lions are a year, in year two of the rebuild. Yeah, do they have new coaches as well? Yeah, but they've also been in the basement for five years building up all this equity. We yeah. just got to that point last year. This is year two since we traded our superstar quarterback and we got those assets that haven't even come to fruition. So you take that into consideration. We're still in a true year two, not somebody's year three that we're taking over and is our year two. You know what I mean? Like right. This is a true rebuild of year two. And you go back to how Brad Holmes built this team. He was very quiet and in free agency, and he was aggressive in a patient way in the draft by taking a couple guys that are dinged up and they knew wouldn't necessarily be there day one. You did it last year and this year, really. So based on Brad Holmes not spending money in free agency, bringing back their guys on short-term, low money, all of those things, they weren't aggressive there, they weren't making the splash necessarily to win now in the draft. Why did we why do we all of a sudden assume that they were ready to win? Was it because of hard knocks? Like was it because of the hype? Was it because the NFL is that winnable? But then at the same time, like, if it is, then we shouldn't be giving up either. You know what I mean? And I there's a lot of people that are like, oh, if they go one and seven, they gotta move on and start over. And it's like where where did the patience go? And Look, I, I wanted this team to win this year. I thought they could. I still think they can if they can get healthy and, and things kind of start going their way. But I want to also look at what we're being shown. What we're being told, what we're being shown is patient. They may maybe haven't said it out loud, but everything that they're doing is telling us to be patient, and then here we are overreacting, being impatient. We're doing the opposite of what they're do. They're telling us with their decision-making. And that's where I think we need to reel it in, go back to the patience, and just 
have that hope. You know what I mean? Don't let it bother us if we're going to lose. Don't let it mean that it's never going to work if we continue to lose. It's this is a plan. This is a this was in rough rough shape. Bob Quinn was one of the worst general managers of all time. And he left this place in shambles. Yeah. And they're doing their best to build that up but not rush it. They're they're trying to be patient. That's why they got a six year six year deals, I think both of them. Holmes and and uh Campbell. That screams we need to be patient. It's just another example of the organization telling us to be patient. And I know that's hard. We've been freaking patient our whole lives for the Lions. And I get that. But this is our first time since 2009 that we're actually in rebuild mode. And that's a long time. Yeah. So We've, I'm trying to convince myself to be patient yeah, <laughs> just as much as anybody else. But I'm just sick of people overreacting and saying, well, this isn't going to work. We need to start over. This isn't going to work. Yeah, it's it's tough telling because, you know, Matt Rule was let go. And he's been on on the hot seat for what seems like five years in yep. Carolina. And I know he's not been there that long. What is this year number three for him or four? Three? For Rule? I think it's three. Three? So, I mean – that's come on, Dan. You know, yeah, you're, you're a third of the way through year two. Yeah, but they also um, have Chris McCaffrey. Like they were ready. Oh, they yeah. were ready to oh, yeah. to make a splash. Especially you know what I mean? in a division that lost like Matt Ryan and Drew Brees. And yeah. you know, I'm I know Tom Brady's down there, but Carolina had a lot of other things lined up. Yeah. Uh, for Matt Rule to to use. Uh, yeah. To his advantage, I'm I'm not worried about Dan Campbell's job. Um, we've seen flashes this year of that offense being able to put up points and move yep. the ball up and down the field. Um, I'm I'm not worried about it. We had one goose egg. There's a lot of teams in the NFL that have had that goose egg week, and there's there's a lot of teams in the NFL with a losing record right now. Mm-hmm. A lot um, of three and three teams too. That yeah. were only two games behind. Right? Yep. It's I mean, like you look at the games that we were close in, and I know close losses don't count for nothing. Yeah. But it's like, come on, there's that motivation, you know. It's yeah. like if we if we lose one of the Patriots, whatever, it was just was it yeah. a bad flight, you know, was it the time change, was who knows what was in the water in Foxborough. But yep. man, um But you had the Eagles who yeah. haven't lost. That's yeah. one of our losses. They're a good and team. then the Vikings who's five and one. Seattle's surprising people right Seattle's, now too. Yeah, that's a good Geno Smith, like yeah. these guys are I, we're not losing to bad teams by any means. I agree with that. Um but anyway. I do think the 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 lack of competitiveness of that Patriots game is what's in our head. You yeah. know what I mean? That's so, that's short what's, term. what's here. Short so. term memory, yeah. I we'll see like you said, see how they bounce uh bounce back out of the out of the bye week. If we can get a couple bodies out there that'd be huge. Yeah. So I mean I don't I don't wanna say who do you ask you who you blame because I don't think we're we're not trying to do the blame game necessarily. But who do you think it's more of a, a a Brad Holmes thing of being too patient and being like, hey, no, he didn't bring in anybody. This is supposed to happen if you're not going to spend money in free agency to fix the defense. Like, so so is it because of that? Is it because we're not getting more talent that we're not getting better? Is it because we're haven't seen a second round draft pick yet in the last couple of years? Yeah. A second first round pick yet play? Like those things make a difference. I just. I hate saying injuries, but like I feel like it's the patience of Brad Holmes combined with these guys not playing yet is really what's what's making it feel like it hasn't taken a step forward. Is that is that fair? That's definitely fair. Yeah, I mean, um, shoot, 
just recent history guys that we've lost to injury too and we're we're adding to it it's another year of it every team's going to lose guys we're seeing other teams that are got a lot of big star players out too that are struggling yep uh without those guys so i I think it's just like that early part, that early stretch of the season. Um, is it because of OTAs and preseason and, you know, no tackling, no pads, all yeah. that type of stuff, those practices, um, you know, short, uh, not very uh, time used preseason too. These mm-hmm. guys aren't spending much time on the field. Um, so it's it's a health attrition thing and we got to get through it. Otherwise, we're looking at a top five pick real quick yeah that could be real quick and that's not where i wanted to be it's not where i expected to be yeah um, it feels like we're we're facing that though doesn't it yeah philly and new york and dallas i mean those are three teams in the nfc green bay and minnesota is going to be there the west is going to be there so it's we're falling behind quick yeah and um you just got to take it one week at a time at this point you yeah. got to show up you cannot just not show up you know what i mean Right. I don't want to be the laughing stock. I don't want to go from what we went through weeks one, two, and three, kind of week four, back to the bottom of the barrel. Yep. I agree. We were relevant. We were making headway. We were making people on the national level notice us. We yep. were putting up points. We were holding teams close. And if this is how it's going to go, and every game that we thought we could win turns into a blowout, then I'm worried about the games that we're not supposed to be in. Yep. It's craft beer in Michigan sports. We may not be the authority, but we love both like a fat kid loves cake. Hot, hot! This is State of My Sports. We're going to get into our picks of the week. Um, real quick, I did want to talk about bettinghero.com, which is where we go um, to sign up for all of our uh, sports betting platforms. Basically, what bettinghero.com is, is you sign up, say you live in the state of Michigan, you put in promo code MIBETS, what it'll do is lay out all of the best promotions available, current promotions available. So it's not like going to be an old expired one. It's always up to date. They have free money going out the door constantly on all of these platforms. And bettinghero.com is a place that you'll find those. It's it's a really good, I guess, deal broker if you like. They 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 put it there for you. You just put in the promo code, um, sign up, and it's totally worth it. You can sign up for all the different platforms. And it's just a, a good way to see what is available in your state. Obviously, we're in Michigan. We're a Michigan podcast, so we always say in the state of Michigan, but everywhere. They're they're around the world, um, or around the country, I should say, working their thing for in all the legal states. But we're going to get into our picks of the week. Real quick, last week, everybody, except for Kyle, went 4-4. Four and four. Kyle went 2-6. and six. So Mike is leading the way at 29 and 20. Ryan one game behind him at 28 and 21. John, you're only two back from Ryan at 26 and 23. I'm one behind you, 25 and 24. Kyle bringing up three at 20 and 29, but this is still anybody's game, guys. It happens quickly. Just got to have a couple good weeks. So we're going to start with Thursday night football. You got the Saints at the Cardinals. Cardinals are a one and a half point favorite against the Saints. Kyle and Micah are taking the Cardinals. Ryan is taking the Saints. John, what are you going to do? I'm going to take the Cardinals. DeAndre Hopkins is reactivated off of the suspended list this week. I didn't know that. The Saints are without Michael Thomas. Um, 
Is Jameson Williams or Jameson Winston? Jameis Winston gonna play or not? I don't I don't know yet, but I know they're missing yeah, definitely Michael Thomas and maybe Chris Olave. Oh wow. and then Jarvis Landry is another one of their wide receivers that's not playing. Okay. Uh, and they've already announced I believe Jarvis and Michael Thomas will not be playing Thursday night. Okay. On the quick turnaround week. They both sat out this past weekend. I think the cards are gonna put up some points and the Saints are gonna struggle to move the ball. But the Cardinals are under a lot of turmoil yeah. right now. There's a lot of stuff going on, so it's one of those things, and it's Thursday night, so it could be ugly. Yep, and that's that's the biggest thing for me is it's Thursday night. Usually I like to take the better defense on Thursday nights. I wish I was getting a little bit more than one and a half, but I'm going to take the Saints just because they have the better defense. That's basically where I'm at, and I want to see the Cardinals continue to struggle on Thursday when I sit and watch that game. Moving on, we got the Chiefs at the 49ers. 49ers, a three-point underdog. Kyle's taking the 49ers. Ryan and Micah are both taking the Chiefs. Chiefs coming off loss. That, does that does that make it a thing here? Like, what, what are you doing for the, this one? I uh, was going to look up what's uh, Patrick Mahomes' record following a loss in his career. Oh, I feel like he's one. not a guy that loses two in a row. I'm going to go Chiefs. I think Chiefs big. I think 49ers are still missing a couple guys on the defense. Big names that won't be playing. And... It's Patrick Mahomes, man. Can't yeah. bet against that guy. Yeah, and three points isn't that much. It's like, I don't know. I think the Chiefs are obviously the better team. So I'm going to go Chiefs, even though that is a tough place. But 49ers is always a tough place to play. They're a pretty good team. They need a win, too. They lost. They do. So I don't yeah, know. That, that, one's, that one's pretty tough. I think the smarter play, like if I'm going to bet on it, I'll probably go with the home underdog because that just is usually a way to go. But in these picks, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Moving on to the Lions at the Cowboys. The Cowboys a seven-point favorite. Micah is taking the Cowboys. Kyle and Ryan are both taking the Lions. John, what are you going to do? Is Dak Prescott playing this week? It sounds like it. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like Jerry wants to bring him back against the Lions. Uh, not Jerry. Who's their head coach? Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy, yeah. But Jerry Jones runs the show, man. He's <laughs> oh, been yeah. like the doctor giving updates on his thumb and everything. So I'm going to go Cowboys. I think even with Cooper Rush, and if they keep that running game going, um, it's going to open up our, our weekend secondary. Yeah. We better have a full arsenal of guys on our offense coming back. Everybody better be healthy. Yeah. If that's the case, then I would lean Lions, but I'm going to go Cowboys. I think the Lions will be able to run the ball. And I think both these teams are going to run the ball pretty well against each other. Um, I'm going to go with the Lions. It feels like a six-point loss or a win. You know what I mean? Like, I just the seven, is it seems like too much for the way that the Lions – like to compete. My cat is going crazy up there. What is going on? Go outside. <laughs> Sorry about that. I don't know if you guys can hear it on the, the live stream or not. But I'm going to go Lions plus seven. It seems like the homer pick and the pick that I like to always do. We're going to move on to some college football. Terrible transition. i got to find a better way to transition that. I don't know why I don't have that yet. But on noon, obviously don't mention Michigan State. But we have a good slate to, to talk about. Or make picks against. So you had number 14, Syracuse. At number 5, Clemson. Clemson, 13 and a half point favorite. Kyle, Micah, and Ryan are all going to take Syracuse here. John, what are you going to do? Alright, this is my one chance to make up on a game on those guys. Otherwise, I'm sliding back. I'm going to pick Clemson, but Syracuse is playing very good football right now. I agree. They got a legit quarterback. 
And this might be Clemson's toughest match of the year today. At least, yeah, I would say, yeah, yeah um, probably. I mean, they're playing maybe the hottest team they've played yet. Yeah, yeah. It seems like too many points, but Clemson needs to get get going if they're yeah. going to be legit. Yeah. So I'm going to take Clemson minus 13 and a half. I'm so glad that it's not 14. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, the 14 yeah. would be completely different, but why not? And if they lose, I'll be happy. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I'll, I'll be so happy if there's more chaos and Clemson losing this, loses this game. But I think they, I think they can cover. I really do. Uh, moving on to number nine, UCLA at number ten, Oregon. Oregon six point favorite. Kyle's taking Oregon. Ryan and Mike are both taking UCLA. What are you going to do for this one? I'm this with him on that one. UCLA. I, I don't think I'm going to get a two uh, two point swing on these guys' record this week, but I'm going to go UCLA. Yeah. We go Oregon. I don't know if UCLA is legit enough yet. I don't think the defense is good enough. I, I don't know why. I just don't think they played anybody. I mean, one of their best wins is Washington. Washington's no good. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go with... I, I wrote down UCLA, but I'm going to go Oregon. I said Oregon, but I wrote down the wrong thing. Moving on to number 20, Texas at number 11, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, a six and a half point underdog. It's a little strange at home. Um, coming Kyle, off a, coming off a loss. Coming off a loss. Yep. Kyle is taking OK State. Micah and Ryan are both taking Texas. What wow. Are you for this one. So, OK, OK State gets six and a half points. Yeah. I hope I did that right. Let me go to check. <laughs> Texas has to win by oh, seven. Oh shoot! I just saw Kyle texted he wanted to wanted to call in. I don't know if we know how to do that or not. We should have that ready to go at some point. Yeah, I do have it right. Oklahoma is a six-and-a-half-point underdog at home. Give me Oklahoma State. Same here. They're too good to get that many points. And I like Texas. I like what they're doing. It's going to be a good game. Yeah, but one-possession game. Screams one-possession game to me. Number 24, Mississippi State at number – shoot, I don't have their number in there. I think it's six or seven. Think, Alabama? I think six. Alabama, a 21-point favorite. Ryan and Kyle are taking Bama. Mike is taking Mississippi State. John, what are you doing? Man, this is tough. Give me Bama. I yeah. think I think they're going to collect themselves and come out and have a big game. Defense is going to step up, maybe not allow so many points like they did last week against Tennessee. And big home game. Speak, speaking of bad coaching decisions and clock management, Alabama had terrible clock management there um, last week that opened the door for um, Tennessee to, to win that game late. I also wanted to pull up how many penalty minutes they or penalty yards. Penalties they had. I think it was like something ridiculous. Um, let me Wasn't see. Wasn't it nine or ten penalties for like ninety something yards? Penalties. Where is it? Where is it? This is such good radio. Seventeen penalties. Oh wow! For a hundred and thirty yards. I was way off. Maybe that was like nine in the first half or something. Yeah, that won't happen again. Nick Saban will not let that happen again. Look, 21 points seems like way too much, but I'm going to take Alabama minus 21. And we'll just do this last pick without any music. 8 o'clock game, you got number 17, Kansas State. At number 8, TCU. TCU is a 3.5-point favorite. 
They're all taking TCU. John, what are you doing? Clean sweep. Yeah, I'm doing it. TCU looks good. They do. And I don't understand why or how. It's very, very strange. But Consi- the- Consistency. Yeah. I think they just they they have um, a DNA. They have a mold, and they get the guys for it. Yep. No, I, I don't disagree with that one. That's, that's well said. Drinking craft beer, having fun, and talking sports in the state of Michigan. You're listening to State of My Sports. Just a reminder, I am drinking the premium lager from the Hops Brewing Company Cafe. They're not open yet, but when they are, we will be the ones to tell you. Follow them on social media. Follow us on social media. State of MI Sports. Subscribe to the podcast. All that good stuff. Um, premium lager. I think I've done it before. It's a good beer. It's good. Yeah. Nothing special, but it's 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 good for a lager. It's clean. It's crisp. It's good. I'm going to go with a 7.8. Okay. How's your Sprite? It's also clean and crisp and caffeine-free, right? Is that Sprite thing? Nah, can't be. Sprite. Sprite. Caffeine free. It is caffeine free. Is yeah. it? I'm sure there's a crap ton of sugar. It says no caffeine. <laughs> yeah, too much sugar for a weeknight, probably. <laughs> probably a little bit. Um, but keeping sober October alive. So in honor of Grant Hill having a Sprite, yeah, yeah, it's oh really yeah. good. Oh it's yeah. uh, it's wetting the whistle. I'll give it a a seven point zero. Seven point zero. A little baseline to start our beers. So yeah. right in the middle there. It's kind of like seven up. Oh, jeez. Did you do that oh, on purpose? Oh, man. No. Let me give it an eight. <laughs> um, one for S and I and Sprite. What know. is uh, Carrie drinking? Uh, the strawberry. Seltzer from Shell House? Shell- oh, yeah. Shell. Okay. Because uh, she kind of worded it differently. I don't the first know where time. Shell House is. Shell House. Strawberry Seltzer. I have seltzer. no clue what Shell House is, but. She said it's only all right. 6.9. 6.9. Okay. That's fair. We're all right there in that nice. same ballpark. Yeah. Very, very good. That was episode... Let me hit the outro with Fade. Episode 177. Thank you for recording with me tonight. Yeah, really appreciate no it. Thank you all for watching. Thank you all for listening. Please like, subscribe, all that good stuff, and share us with your friends. We'll talk to you next week, if not sooner. You've been listening to State of My Sports. From the Red Wings to the Lions to the Tigers to the Pistons to Michigan and Michigan State and everything in between, we're talking about it. And don't forget the beer. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. In the meantime, hook up with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch at State of My Sports with an M-I. We'll see you next time.